are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I am your host, Kate Madjuke, and you can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. You could also follow my awesome co-host, Marcus Mosher, on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He was... Uh, he was a little bit hacked this weekend. We're going <laughs> to grant him that. But uh, it seems by all accounts, his Twitter is safe. So you can once again uh, dive into following him. Give the show a follow at Locked on Dynasty. Hit the subscribe button. Leave those five-star reviews. We've got a fun show today. Marcus, happy Monday. Mock draft Monday. However you want to go about your day. Uh, we have some fun NFL trades and some pretty big implications for Dynasty Fantasy Football Managers. Yeah, so when I was without my Twitter account for like a day, that was like the worst thing in the world. I couldn't, I wasn't up to date on what everybody was talking about and all the fun pro day stuff. And it just, it, it, it got uh, hacked as soon as the, the fun trade went down. So it was a... Uh, it was a stressful weekend, but I'm excited to talk about all the ramifications of uh, some trades that we had. Absolutely. So let's just kick it off. Uh, we're going to talk about Zach Wilson's Pro Day, which was sort of all of the buzz. And then I think naturally we're just going to flow into the trades that happened because they sure. were smack dab in the middle of that Pro Day. Zach Wilson, uh, he he came out, looked great. Let's, I mean, that's just sort of sure. everybody comes out and they say, I mean, what do you have to really gain from your pro day? I'd say like in most cases, you probably don't have a ton to gain out of your pro day if you've already had a pretty good, uh, like a pretty good sample size of your work. But he put on, as Daniel Jeremiah shouted over and over and over again, putting on a clinic. He... <laughs> Uh, he made some really mm-hmm. awesome throws. I think Zach Wilson did a really good job of sort of showcasing that ability that he has to throw off balance, throw on the run. Like he he can make those wonky throws across the body. We saw the the one one throw. Everybody knows which throw I'm talking about, where he, he mm-hmm. sort of throws throws crossover and uh, I mean just an absolute dime on the money which apparently Sam Darnold can also do just <laughs> so for... basically what Wilson's doing is he's just he's just practicing and auditioning for the Jets right because uh, with that <laughs> offensive line you're gonna have to be you're gonna for, be forced to make some tough throws and I think that's exactly what he was showing right oh absolutely and you know what the the Jets they do have the number two overall pick uh, do you think I mean so this is now the the third quarterback who's sort of projected. Uh, or sorry, fourth quarterback that's projected at the top end of things. Uh, we saw, you know, Trevor Lawrence, he had a pretty decent pro day, came out uh, ahead of sort of the pro day schedule through. Right, um, right. He didn't have much to gain there. I, I don't know. I feel like we've sort of juggled between like Trey Lance, Zach Wilson. I, I think the takeaway here uh, is that it's not Justin Fields. It's not Trey Lance. It, it seems pretty like all but sure that Zach Wilson will be the number two overall pick. Yeah, I think it's pretty much a lock at this point, Kate. It seems like the Jets have kind of told everybody around the league that we're not interested in trading that pick because we have got our guy at number two. And then we're going to talk about the Eagles in a little bit. Um, But it seems like the Eagles tried to trade up in this draft. They were potentially interested in going up to three. But when they found out and did some research that Wilson wasn't going to be available at that spot, 
they were out. So it sounds like the rest of the NFL knows what's going to happen. It sounds like the Jets have kind of zeroed in on Wilson. And I fully, fully expect that to be, that to be the pick here in the next month. Oh, absolutely. There were tons of teams at his pro day. Uh, one of the takeaways for me, too, um, so he weighed in at 214 pounds. Uh, I believe he was previously listed at 210 is what I've had him at. Um, and height came in actually below that 6'3 mark that he was listed at. BYU with came in at 6'2 and 1 eighths inches. Not that you want your quarterback to lose height, but we add four pounds onto that frame and take away almost an inch. And we've got a little bit more bulk than I think we were projecting for Zach Wilson. Uh, frame's still a little bit of a, a concern. I feel like he just, he's, he's a smaller dude. Um, I'm not do you have any concern I'm, about Kyle? No, 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 no. Because no. okay. we've seen that. How many quarterbacks have we seen with a smaller frame be successful in the NFL, right? Baker Mayfield is smaller. He might be a little bit more compact, but we have Kyler Murray. We've got even Mahomes isn't all that different in size. I, I, I'm not concerned. If, if Zach Wilson fails in the NFL, it's going to have absolutely nothing to do with his lack of size. Uh, he meets all the thresholds. The hands are big enough. Big enough. Uh, I think he's just fine in that area. All right. Love it. Let us take a quick break. And then I want to just sort of dive into the trades because there's a lot to work yeah. through in terms of what these trades actually mean for these NFL rosters and our dynasty teams. We'll be right back. The 2020 NFL season might be a wrap, but there's still plenty of betting to be done. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. There you can bet on all kinds of sports, including football, basketball, baseball, golf, hockey, MMA, soccer, tennis. The options are limitless. Whether you're looking to bet live game lines, player prop bets, or team futures, BetOnline AG has it all. Don't waste another minute and go check out BetOnline.ag and do not forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON so you can get your 50% welcome bonus and you can roll in the cash alongside with us. Again, that's BetOnline.ag, promo code LOCKEDON. Welcome back into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. We are here to talk about some of these big boy trades that went down smack dab in the middle of Zach Wilson's pro day. Uh, we actually had the 49ers staff. Uh, we had the coaching staff, the GM. Everybody was present at Zach Wilson's pro day. And then smack dab in the middle of his throwing session, we had the uh, number three overall pick switch hands from the Miami Dolphins to the 49ers. Hmm. Very interesting, which that, I mean, that move all but tells you like they have to be going after a quarterback here. And the fact that they're trading back to the three spot tells me that uh, they're comfortable with any of these guys in, in the top three picks. Like they, they would be comfortable with Zach Wilson. Sure, they, sure. They're going to be comfortable with any of these guys that land them. But I think the bigger question is – We've heard some some uh, talk about whether or not this move was a, a trade up for Trey Lance. J Daniel Jeremiah says maybe it's Mac Jones. Like we're not giving Mac Jones enough credit here. I want to know what you think, and then I want to talk about like these guys from a dynasty perspective. 
First and foremost, Kate, when I heard of the trade, it, it wasn't that surprising. The 49ers were one of the most aggressive teams in the NFL with John Lynch as their GM. So when the move happened, it wasn't surprising. To me, I thought it was for Justin Fields, and I still wonder if it isn't or should be. Um, I'll be honest, as soon as that trade happened, I wouldn't put a bet on the 49ers to win the division because I thought you put Justin Fields in this offense with Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and George Kittle in that running game. They're going to be unstoppable. But it sounds like from the moment the trade happened that Fields really isn't in the conversation. And again, he may be, and this might all be smoke, but it does sound like it's Trey Lance or Mac Jones. And I can't understand it. Why Why is Fields not a part of this conversation? I'm not actually sure because I, I agree with you. I think he would have been a, a fantastic fit. And that was sort of my hope that that was that was the move they were making when they traded up because I just think he I mean he has the rushing ability I think he's got nice speed he's got all of those things that I feel like the 49ers would appreciate yes in their their franchise quarterback but one interesting tidbit that did come out uh Sunday we're recording this Monday morning um the 49ers are actually bypassing the Pro day for Justin Fields in favor of going to Alabama's second pro day to watch it. Mac Jones. So, does that mean anything for you, or are, like are we just thinking more about the the picks as having that significant meaning? Uh, I, I I don't know if it has any meaning. I think it's interesting that they're going to Alabama's second pro day rather than Ohio State, considering most of the top end talent at Alabama's pro day has already performed. Ohio State's got guys on both sides of the ball to go and watch. I think this is probably a smokescreen, but can we let's Kate, can we talk about these Lance and Mac Jones individually in this 49ers offense and how we would value them from a dynasty perspective? Because that's what's most interesting to me, right? I feel like if Mac Jones goes to the 49ers at three, we've got to kind of dramatically shift how we view these quarterbacks in terms of ranking them from a dynasty perspective, right? Like, I think we obviously like Justin Fields quite a bit, but if Mac Jones ends up in San Francisco with all those weapons, I think you can make the argument that maybe Mac Jones should be higher. I I, I don't love it. I certainly don't think Mac Jones is a better talent than Justin Fields, but the situation, the offensive line... I, I don't know. How should I feel about Mac Jones if he does go to the 49ers? I actually, I love Mac Jones. And this is something that I need to, uh, I, I was saying I need to put out like a Twitter thread on this or something because I really, I love Mac Jones, the prospect. I think he's just so, I, I don't understand the the hate. There's just a lot of, a uh, lot of back and forth, especially in fantasy football Twitter about Mac Jones just being so meh. Yeah. Perhaps it's the dad bod photo that's circulated <laughs> around. Uh, but he's, uh, I mean, I think he's hes just grossly underrated. When you're looking at these, these prospects in terms of like NFL readiness, Mac Jones comes in for me second behind Trevor Lawrence in terms of like what quarterbacks would I, I trust the most to start day one and be sure. just ready and competent. Uh, we know he's able to process the game very well. He's got just a beautifully accurate arm. Uh, could could you know use some of that arm strength? But I mean, he's he's just a very proficient quarterback. No, he does not uh, 
move outside of the pocket, he's he's a pocket passer. Sure. Uh, but since when are pocket passers just dead? Like well, I know. I think it's also important to remember that you know Kyle Shanahan maybe his best season ever as a coach was when he had Matt Ryan. Right? It was that in 2016 when Matt Ryan yeah. won the MVP. And it's not like Matt Ryan is Michael Vick out there, right? I mean, he's <laughs> he's pretty much a statue, but he's athletic enough to do a lot of the play action and rollouts and all that kind of stuff. I, I think Mac Jones certainly has that level of athleticism. It's just, is that a guy that you want to trade three first round picks up to get? I think that's where people are having the problem with it. See, I think, I mean, it, it all depends on sort of how you evaluate these guys. So when I'm looking at Mac Jones, like I, I think the fact that he's going in the same draft class as like a Trevor Lawrence, um, a, a Justin Fields, a Trey Lance, Obviously, he is not the same caliber athlete as any of those players. And yes. so I, I think uh, that just the the pure athleticism aspect is what probably drops him so significantly in those rankings. But he does have the athleticism to, to move around the pocket, make plays. Um, but I, I just think he's a really smart football player. I don't I, – I, here's, here's where, like, the caveat comes for me. I think that Trey Lance uh, definitely is is like the more raw prospect. We've only seen one complete season, uh, and he I think has attempted what three hundred and I, I believe the number is three hundred and eighteen pass attempts in his collegiate career. That is a very small sample size, and we saw him uh, not not this past season, but the season before. Um, so just one game from him in 2020. And guess what? He actually looked human during that game through his first career interception, which is bonkers that it took that long. But, um, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, plenty of, of question marks yeah. about what we saw from Trey Lance. And for me, if I am a, a, a capable and well-rounded team, like I do think the 49ers are, I think that we might have Mac Jones as the safer pick here. Cause you know what? They, they have tools on defense. They've got a, a really great offensive scheme that I, I think could be favorable to Mac Jones. I think, you know, overall, if you're looking at these guys, of course, Trey Lance is the sexier pick. He probably has the higher upside. Um, and he definitely has the higher upside in terms of, you know, what, what could you scheme up for him? Right, right. But if I already have a, a capable coach with a great scheme, I would I, I would rather take Mac Jones, who's just the more pro-ready guy in my mind. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with the argument, right? I mean, if you want basically an extension of a coach and a guy that's going to be able to get the ball to the playmakers the way the offense is designed – I think that is Mac Jones, maybe more so than Trey Lance and Justin Fields. Why do you but trade up, though? I think that's, 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 that's the, the thing, bigger right? question. If you're trading up, it's because you're getting a guy that you believe can maximize or add value to the offense. And that's why I still think it's going to be Trey Lance. And it, it has me questioning my ranks, Kate, because let's play a little game, right? Let's say Trey Lance ends up in San Francisco. It does seem very likely that the 49ers are going to hold on to Jimmy Garoppolo for a year and maybe let Trey Lance kind of get settled and stuff there. But we both have said for a long time that we like Justin Fields, maybe as QB one in this class from a dynasty perspective, if Trey Lance goes to San Francisco and let's say Justin Fields goes to Carolina, 
which quarterback do you like better from a dynasty perspective? Because it's awfully hard to to not take the guy that is with Kyle Shanahan and with all those weapons. I think the way that I'm going about this uh, is sort of the the same way that I I noted maybe an NFL offense would go around this. I think Trey Lance is obviously the guy with the high upside. If you have a relatively, like let's say you are committed to taking a quarterback in your dynasty rookie drafts, um, you're in a super flex league. If you have a, a, you know, a collection of relatively just stable, uh, stable producers, like I think that's the point where I consider going Trey Lance because I can afford to have that boom that upside that just knock it out of the park guy while understanding that maybe the the ceiling is not quite as high like uh if i have uh, just i'm trying to think of a a good collection of of quarterbacks that i feel comfortable doing like a ryan Tannehill, and matthew stafford if i have all of these like just safe middling guys cousins yep yes like who finish uh you know right around top 12 and I'm looking for the next guy to knock it out of the park, Trey Lance is the guy. If I have one of these like riskier pros- prospects, like I have a Deshaun Watson, mm. um, if I have, you know, it, who we really, we don't know if he's going to play or not, honestly. Um, you know, it, I think that's one of those circumstances uh, where I would consider going with Mac Jones, who I just, cons- or, or Justin Fields, who I just consider to be more pro ready. I think if you take, you know, just with the overall questions, I I don't think we're going to really know if Trey Lance is going to play season one. And I would not be surprised at all if he sat a year. So just think, can you afford if he does that? All right, and I, I I would agree. I think that's that's the the trade off here. Is you're certainly looking for upside. Let's let's rank the top three quarterbacks in this class by the landing spots, right? So, we we know that Trevor Lawrence is going to go to the Jaguars. We have a pretty good feeling that Zach Wilson is going to go to the Jets. And then if Trey Lance ends up going to the 49ers at three, how do you rank those three quarterbacks from a dynasty perspective? Because. I, I, to me, I feel like Wilson is third because, and again, it's not because I think he's a lesser player than Trey Lance. It's, it's just, just the, the franchise. Situ- it's the franchise right? and the situation, right? Yeah, it, I, I it, think that that weird? would be the breaking say, point for me. I would agree. Is it weird to, to even have the thought or odd to have the thought that maybe Lance should be ahead of Trevor Lawrence, even though Lawrence is a, I mean, just a far superior prospect? Again, I think it goes back to risk reward. And this is like, this is honestly, this goes back to how do you sort of evaluate prospects in general? Like, do you, uh, especially for fantasy football, do you feel comfortable? uh, Like, do you rank guys on potential versus, uh, you know, proven production? Because sometimes there is a trade off there. Uh, Sometimes we see proven producers like a Melvin Gordon who just keep cranking out stats over and over again but like they're not uh they're not players that we see a super high potential for we feel like we've already seen their ceiling um it it goes back to like where where you like to make those moves and how you like to make those decisions in your evaluation process i try to do a mixture of both uh so like yes i love the talent of trey lance the situation could be very awesome. I think uh, the upside is is quite high. So 
perhaps if he does actually end up going to the 49ers just based on situation alone you you might need to rank him ahead of Wilson even though I like Wilson better as a prospect and Lawrence I think you just it (sighs) that's the hard one because it's just so hard to to ignore the talent difference and you're hoping the Jaguars eventually figure it out. And there is, there, I mean, there are some nice weapons there, but it's just that safety blanket of knowing that Kyle Shanahan is going to get whatever quarterback he has back there to produce. It's it's hard to ignore. And again, I I, I want to keep stressing this to the listeners. There is a massive talent gap between Trey Lance and, and Trevor Lawrence. I get it. It's just that floor of Kyle Shanahan is so, so high. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. There was another uh, part to this this rumbling of trades. Let's take a quick break. And when we get back, I want to talk about the trade that the Eagles made on the very same day and what that might mean for young quarterback Jalen Hurts in our Dynasty Leagues. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is coconut versus birthday cake. Go to BuiltBar.com or go to at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Welcome back into the show, everybody. We do have one more big move that might tell us a little bit of something, something about Hmm. uh, the Dolphins, might tell us something about the Eagles. Uh, We had another trade come in pretty much like back to back after the 49ers moved up to number three. Uh, After moving back to 12, the Dolphins traded back up to nab the Eagles pick, which, you know, sent the Eagles back to 12. Um, And, you know, the Dolphins are sitting there at number six now. So what does this mean? So I I think there are two questions. What does this mean for the Dolphins? And what does this mean for the Eagles? The Dolphins now move up, but you're not getting your your pick of the top end quarterbacks like you would at the third overall pick. So I think we've pretty much solidified that we don't think – to us going anywhere, right? We're giving him a shot in, in 2021. Yeah, definitely giving him a shot in 2021. And I think the Dolphins traded back up from 12 to 6 to ensure that they get a playmaker to help Tua. Now, which playmaker will it be? I think that's very interesting. Albert Breer of, uh, I believe it was SI this morning, uh, he wrote an article saying that the Dolphins believe that Jamar Chase is going to be gone before they pick at number six, which means it's probably the Bengals taking Jamar Chase. So did they trade up for Kyle Pitts? I think that's very interesting. Mel Kuyper Jr. believes that it's going to be for Jalen Waddell, and that's who he's hearing uh, would be a good fit. They believe that Tua's best uh, trait is throwing the ball down the field, and if you compare Waddle with Will Fuller, that's a really fun passing attack. So uh, I think for Tua, this is great. It obviously believes it's obviously good news for uh, Miami as they believe that Tua is going to be a franchise quarterback. They're going to try to set him up for, for success. Uh, I, I if you're owning if you have Tua on your dynasty teams right now, I think you feel pretty good. 
Um, I'm not so sure the same can be said for the Eagles, despite them trading back in this draft, though, with Jalen Hurts. So, Tua, he averaged 14 fantasy points per game. Uh, let's let's consider that and uh, take a look at what that might mean uh, in terms of, like, what is he actually able to produce in a season uh, where he's he's another year out from this catastrophic hip injury. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, like, what is the ceiling for Tua? Do you still have faith in Tua? Obviously, you're happy about the situation if you are a Tua manager in fantasy, but mm-hmm. what do you really project as the ceiling for, for Tua at this point? And is this a great time to buy low? I think it is. I, I think... I'm not sure how this happened, but I thought Tua, for the most part, was pretty good last year. And I know there were some times where Ryan Fitzpatrick came in and looked better. And that's not that surprising because Tua was a rookie dealing with a hip injury. And Fitzpatrick is a quarterback that's very competent when he plays. Kate, if you remove the Week 17 game against the Bills where they just got trounced, uh, Tua in eight starts, you know, he had 10 touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, excuse me, 13 touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, he averaged just under seven yards an attempt. The passer rating was good. And it's not like Miami had a ton of weapons around him, right? Like Preston Williams missed most of the season. They were playing some undrafted free agents at running back. The offensive line wasn't great. And I want people to remember, just a year ago, or a little over a year ago, Teams were tanking to try to get Tua at number one because they believed he was this elite generational type of talent at quarterback. And after he got hurt, he fell to number five. I still think he is a a really, really good prospect. And I do think this is a really good time to buy, especially because I think his value is going to go up once the Dolphins actually pick a playmaker at number six. Love it. I, I think that's a great... Great point. Buy before they get the playmaker in the building, uh, and mm-hmm. we start just absolutely dreaming of what they might accomplish together. Let's talk about the the Eagles. So I know you said you're you're feeling more comfortable as the the Tua manager at this point than the Jalen Hurts manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, last season had four career starts. Uh, did end up not playing that that full final game against Washington, but um, in let's let's take the three game sample size ahead of that right had uh 113 pass attempts through for 54 percent um he was actually on pace for 4,517 yards 27 touchdowns 11 interceptions not bad exciting <laughs> though uh 1,269 rushing yards that's his 16 game pace over that three sure. game span he was very, very willing as a rusher, averaged 12.7 attempts in those uh, per game in those three games. That's obviously really huge upside for fantasy football. Um, now tell me why you're less confident in what the Eagles have done uh, and what that means for their, their you know, faith in Jalen Hurts moving forward. Yeah, so I think we just need to look at all the moves that the Eagles have made, right? So you could look at them trading back from 6 to 12 and being like, hey, this is uh, this is a sign of you know endorsement for Jalen Hurts that we don't need the sixth pick to draft a quarterback. When reality, it's they couldn't get up to get one of the guys that they wanted. They wanted Zach Wilson, and they couldn't get him. And it, maybe they have a big drop-off at quarterback after that. And then I think the other other part is is now the Eagles have set themselves up well 
to where they have three first-round picks in next year's draft, uh, assuming the Colts make the playoffs, uh, to go up and go get an elite prospect if Jalen Hurts fails. I do think Hurts is going to be given you know all 16 games to show what he's got. I just... I think he's a great fantasy quarterback. I'm not so sure that he's going to be a great NFL quarterback. In those three games that you mentioned, Kate, he had a completion percentage of under 55%. Uh, throughout the season, it was 52%. The yards per attempt were good. Uh, I just wonder if he's never going to be accurate enough for a Nick Sirianni offense. So I, I've got questions that he is going to be just a one-year starter for the Eagles before they move on to somebody better. So if you are the the manager, then would you be looking to move Jalen Hurts in your not, dynasty leagues? Not yet. I, I would wait until after the draft because like the Dolphins, I anticipate the Eagles drafting a playmaker at number 12, whether that's a Devontae Smith or maybe it's a Kyle Pitts who falls. I think they're going to either try to improve their weapons or improve the offensive line. And I think once we get into the summer and we get closer to the season, people are going to be excited about uh, the potential of this Eagles offense. I think that's the time to trade, not right now. Love it. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us on today's Locked On Dynasty Football. Please give me a follow at FFBallBlast. You can follow Marcus at Marcus underscore Mosier and the show, of course, at Locked On Dynasty. We will be back on Thursday, but in the meantime, get excited because you will get a dose of Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell tomorrow to help you build the ultimate fantasy football dynasty roster.